Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. Somebody bring my pulpit. Y'all stay right where y'all at. Somebody bring it to me and missions team stay where you're at for just a few more minutes. I need that anointing that's on y'all to be up here with me. Thank you. Stay up here with me. Thank you, sir. What I'm about to say to you, I'm not preaching. I'm going to read a few things that God downloaded in my spirit that I know that I must say today. I can preach the message another day. But there are things that I have to say today because they will not matter on another day are you hearing me church they have to be said today what I'm about to say now you're going to process it any way you want to process it some of you are going to think it's hate speech some of you are going to call me judgmental. Some of you are going to say the fact that I even say what I'm about to say shows that I don't love everyone. Can I say this? I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that if when I say this, if you think that about me, it is only because you're either a first-time visitor or you've never taken the time to really get to know me. And you've not watched the pattern of this ministry. Because every sin that has ever tempted mankind, yes, including murder. And I'm not just talking about the murder of an unborn child. I'm talking about the murder of a grown person, who people who went to prison who killed someone. I have pastored murderers. In my church over the years. I have pastored th thieves. Murderers. I have pastored. And did my best to help them. With deliverance. One particular one I believe. Got delivered. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Moved on to another place. And that's the next, last I heard. Still serving God. Who. was convicted of being a pedophile. We were smart. We told them up front, we will not turn you away. You just can't be around children or teenagers. But you can be in the altar. Because whether we forgive anyone or not, we have to believe that every demon of hell is subject to the name of Jesus. So I'm trying to tell you, I've pastored homosexuals. I've pastored lesbians. I've pastored fill in the blank. And I loved them the same, and I told them the truth the same. But we have been under a blood curse in this nation for 50 years. I'm going to be real and honest with you. 
I'm going to be transparent with you. I honestly never thought Roe v. Wade would ever be overturned in my lifetime. I didn't think it. I prayed it. I believed it. But I'm going to be honest. I never thought it would ever happen. Truth be known, some of you can be all big and bad in, in your faith. And, well, bless God, I always knew. You're a liar. You could have hoped. You could have prayed. But down in the depths of your spirit, because you're talking about you're dealing with people, most all of them don't, don't even believe in God. Serve God. And, and it's hard to fathom that this would happen as a result of people of which the overwhelmed supermajority of everyone that's involved don't even believe in God. But yet this happened. How and why? And then I realized, listen to me, it only happened because it had to happen. And I'm not talking about had to happen because it's wrong. Because what God promised would happen in the remnant You hear me? Would not have happened under that curse. That was a that was a a barrier. The blood of innocent children being loved and recognized, the act by a nation. God said, if the remnant is going to rise, I will show you. That's what he spoke to my heart. I, it is the beginning. It's not the end. This is the beginning of me showing you that I will do things that seemed impossible to make way for what I have said I will do. Even if you are, the Bible says, even if you are not faithful, yet he abideth faithful. He is not a man that he should lie. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you something? He don't need you to believe in him. He's him without you or not. He will do what he said he will do without you believing that he'll do it or not. He don't need you to believe to do it. But you need you to believe. Because if you don't believe that he can do it, you will fall prey. To what I see tragically happening all over this nation. Silence. The biggest, most influential ministries in America right now are silent. 
they're saying nothing about what I'm talking about. Do you want to know why? Jesus moved upon Paul to write to Timothy and say these words to Timothy. Timothy, you're a pastor. Warn your people, and this letter will one day be known all around the world. And this is what he says. For the love of money is the root of all evil. You won't give to a missionary because you think that, bless God, if I'm going to give $1,000, I'm going to give $1,000 to somebody in my hometown. First of all, you're lying because you won't, you won't even tithe. Second of all, you won't give no money to a missionary to go to another country to save somebody's life and their eternity and to set into motion entire villages for generations being saved. But you sure will send money to those silent, big-time preachers. I don't wish this on anybody because I hope if they've got that power and that influence, I hope they get right with God. But let me tell you something about God. He will share His glory with no one. And one by one, they're either being humbled or they're being removed. It's only 11.32. Watch this. Seven years ago, I realized this through the help of another brother this morning. Okay. Didn't know it until this morning. Seven years ago today, seven years ago, not this week, seven years ago today, God's clock telling us? <laughs> Seven years ago today, the same Supreme Court that just overturned Roe v. Wade approved the marriage of two men and two women. The ruling came down July, I mean June, June 26th, seven years ago today, this nation, as a proclamation, as a law, sanctioned sexual sin outside of marriage. And I'm going to help some of you. Do you know what the sin of homosexuality is? It's not two men being together. It's not two women being together. It's anyone having sex outside of the sanctity of marriage of which he created in the Garden of Eden. So that means a man and a woman that's having sex outside of marriage is the same sin. It's the same sin. But what happened seven years ago today, this is not a judgmental statement against someone who 
is either identifies as a homosexual or lesbian or is married and, and in their mind happily married and all of that. I'm not here to criticize that. It was a nation sanctioning sexual sin that was not created by God. Seven is the number of completion. Who would have ever dreamed that on seven years to the day, the whole world would be gathering together in a worship gathering, those that are still gathering, under an open heaven of, a, of something that that same body had put into place and sanctioned 50 years ago that no one ever dreamed could ever be turned over. And here we are. Now I'm not talking about, I'm not prophesying that that, that ruling that came down seven years from now is even on the, on the books and the table. I'm not even talking about that. And this ruling wasn't about that. I'm just telling you that seven years is the number of completion. And this is what I want to say on this day. If I had to preach my message, it was going to be called the Mount Carmel moment. You ever heard of Mount Carmel? Mount Carmel is the story in Scripture where Elijah faced directly the God of Baal. They went up on the mountain. There was a great debate. Of whose God was really God. Now listen to me. What God spoke to me this morning. Changed my entire message this morning. Changed my title. Put that thing up here on the screen. I even changed my title screen. I sent him a new one right before church. So I got a new title screen. Now watch this. He said. Here's how it's going to go down. I'm going to give you. A shot to bring your best and bring your all. Everything you got, bring it. Everything that Baal offers, bring it. Every mantra, every chant, every priest you got, everything you want to put on TikTok, everything you want to put on Instagram, everything you got, I'm just going to step back out of the way and I'm going to let you have your way. You call on your God. The Bible said as they begin to call on Baal, nothing. So they said, this is the only way we're going to bring our God. They begin to cut themselves. What happens to the teenagers nowadays when they go through depression and when they go through ang anguish and when they go through pain and the world tells them they're nothing, they cut themselves. Many of our own young people have gone through that. Some of the adults that are in here, if you pulled up your sleeve, you'd see scarves of when you used to cut yourself before God changed your life. Because they cut themselves because they need to pa feel pain to feel something. So Baal was the spirit of cutting yourself. They cried out to their God and nothing happened. Until finally gave them enough time. Somebody say enough time. 
And then he knew, okay, now it's our time. Oh, y'all ain't with me. He said, let me tell you something about us. Here's how confident we are in the remnant. Not only am I going to build an altar just like yours, I'm going to dig a ditch around mine. And then I'm going to pour water in the ditch. And then when I put my sacrifice on the altar, I'm going to pour water on it. And then when they put the wood underneath it, I'm going to pour water on the wood. So nobody can accuse anybody of sneaking up with some lighter fluid and charcoal. Okay, all right, Elijah, do your dance. Do your mantra. Elijah said, I don't need to do no dance. I don't need no mantra. He simply stepped back. And he raised his hand. And he said, let the God. Let the God. That answers us by fire. Let that God be God. And when he said that. The clouds opened up. The heavenlies opened up. And from the throne of God. A ball of fire shot out of heaven. Hit the altar. Burned it up. Dried up and licked up every drop of water. And all the enemies of God who had put their faith in Baal, who had cut themselves, who had bled themselves, who had bled their children, saw they had believed in a lie. And the Bible said they turned and began, even though all the, the priests were killed, many of the people turned and began to proclaim the God of Israel as the only true God. So I want to say this. I want to say this, preachers. You hear a lot of this being said. Are y'all okay? Because every, you're not just up here for me. You're up here for you. Because there's something on this stage right now that's getting in you for what you've got to do in your ministry. Don't just listen to me. Receive it. Receive that you're in the presence of God. Let me tell you this. This is what God spoke to me. God says, this is a Mount Carmel moment. For seven years. Think about what we've been inundated with. Think about how fast this nation changed. Things we never dreamed we'd see on a TV show. We now can't dream not seeing it. We, we can't even dream watching a commercial. Before the ink had even dried on the ruin. Before many people in this nation even knew it even happened. Businesses like Disney, Dick's Sporting Goods, Patagonia. I could go on and on and on. Passed ordinances and sent emails out to all their employees. Don't you worry if you need to get an abortion. We'll give you $4,000, up to $4,000 to pay for your plane ticket, to pay for your room and board, to pay for your, your food and your expenses. We're going to make sure you can have an abortion. But watch this. Where were they when people 
chose to have their baby. Do, does those people get $4,000? Does those people get to travel to go see the future mamas and papas? The veil is being ripped away. The hidden agenda is being shown to us. The people that we have put our faith in that have posted that they love the Lord and have posted they are being exposed as frauds. And there's a tiny remnant left. It's going to change the world because it's the Elijah remnant. So here's what I say. Preachers, quit buying into this. Listen, I've been guilty of buying into a lot of myself. We have been hit with the best that the devil had. Or I should say the worst. And it's just, he's, he's literally shown us his hand. Only thing that's going to happen from here is just an intensity. A greater intensity. Racism is rising up more than we've ever experienced in our life. Division. Murder. While I've been up here preaching, because on my watch, I'm tied to notifications. I'm tied to Fox 6. Yeah, Fox 6 in Birmingham. So that when they send out bulletins, while I'm preaching, I'm looking down at it. While I've been preaching, I've watched two teenagers be killed. And one infant shot in a car all in Birmingham while I've been preaching. Look down, teenager, 17-year-old shot last night. Look down, child shot with overspray of, of, of drive-by. Shot while I've been preaching in our town. While we're in Peru, man walks into a church in Birmingham and begins to shoot people in the church. It's not in California anymore. In Birmingham. So I was going to have, that's not a new spirit, that's just the same spirit intensified. But like Elijah, this is what I say. You had your shot. You cut yourself. You bled to Baal. You had your fake fish. God, Dagon. You had a fish tail, but a man's head. You pretended to be a church, but you was led by man. So we've dealt with Baal, who causes our young people to cut themselves and to defame themselves and to struggle with their identity. We've dealt with Baal. We've dealt with Dagon, who was a false god, proclaiming to be Christianity. Know you not that Satan himself could be transformed to an angel of light. That's Dagon. And we've dealt with Moloch. Moloch was another one of those half beast, half man gods. The, the body of a man and the head of a bull or a cow. And every time they made the god of, of Moloch, They always made him with his hands like this. Every image you'll ever see, if you look up Moloch, you'll see a man standing there with a cow head with horns 
and with man's hands stretched out. Why? Because this is what the God of Moloch demanded. For when you had your firstborn child, you were to come before Moloch. While the people that worshipped Moloch had made that God to be, idle, to be empty on the inside and built a fire on the inside and would have the fire burning from within the God of Moloch to where flames would come out of his eyes and a fire underneath his hands. And they would wait until the hands of Moloch were red hot with fire and heat. They would bring their firstborn child and they would put them into the outstretched hands of Moloch and they would dance and they would scream and they would shout and they would play instruments to drown out the screams of the children dying in the hands of Moloch. The wisest man to ever live said it. He said it in desperation, but we didn't really get the revelation of the wisdom. There's really nothing new under the sun. There's not a new devil. We're not facing new demons. The same demon of Moloch, the same demon of Dagon, the same demon of Baal is the demons we are facing today. But if we're facing the same demons that Elijah faced... And we're facing the same demons that Israel faced when the Ark of the Covenant was in the presence of Dagon. If we're, fa- if we're, fa- if we're facing the same demons that the, that the people of Israel had to fight when they took over the cities of Moloch, guess what? We are serving the same God. The same God that took the head off of Dagon. The same God that prayed down fire on the altar of Baal is the same God of today. So I say to you preachers and I say to you world I say it in love you can call me what you want to call me but for seven years you've had the table for seven years you've had the microphone for seven years you've had the media for seven years you've had the law for seven years you've had everything but it's our time baby let the God that answers my fire let that God be God And if you ain't in a church that believes in the fire of God, you better run. Because you ain't going to make it without the fire. It's our turn now, Bishop. It's our turn. your remnant and your fire you can walk into a room think you're going to pray a prayer for somebody to go and be with the Lord because they got cancer we walked in that room they told her they told us we was getting ready to go to the next village they said hey can y'all take about 10 minutes to come down and pray for this lady she's stage 4 cancer she, she's unresponsive we don't know if she can hear but she cannot talk she cannot move. She cannot sit up. And the, and the son and the daughter wants us to pray that she just go ahead and close her eyes and go on to be with the Lord. She won't suffer anymore. So we go in that room thinking we're going in there to pray this prayer of this woman either to be healed or go on to be with the Lord. And we did what was asked of us. And I don't know, catch one. 
All I know is I was excited about what God. Mason prayed a powerful prayer of prayer of healing. So we believe God for healing. Which by the way did happen. Don't forget that. Your prayer did work and it did happen. When he got through praying, a woman they said hadn't talked in was it weeks, months. Don't know how long that she made she talked, even to her own children. She started started making sounds. And it sounded just like this to me. Amen. That's what I heard. My spirit man was excited. I said, y'all hear that? She's saying amen. She's saying amen. I was so excited. And then the interpreter said, uh, uh, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but she ain't saying amen. She's talking in catch ones. Apparently, amen in catch one. It sounds like amen, but it ain't amen. Let me tell you what she said. She said, no, this is what she's saying. Leave her alone. You are distracting her. She's mine. I said, I said, I said, Mila, are you telling me a demon is talking to us right now? She said, yes. What did I say? I said, time out. You was in there. We said, time out. Just for clarification. You trying to tell me, a devil trying to tell me to shut up? Next thing I know, that Holy Ghost kicked in me. I was down there telling that devil to come out. I said, I bind you, you tormenting devil of hell. You will loose this woman. You will come out of her. She's jerking at me, pulling at me. My God, we all saw it right before our eyes. She calmed down. Smile came on her face. She began to weep and cry. Am I telling the truth? She sat up in the bed. She grabbed a hold of her son and her back God and her daughter. My God, she was delivered from demonic possession right there. You better be instant in season and out of season. You better know when the devil's in the room. I can hear Mason and Brad and C and everybody crying and praising God in the back. Then I heard my son-in-law who was in the room. I heard my son say these words. He said, devil, what you say, you never take this moment from me. That's what he said. I heard him say it. You never take this moment from me. Because I know what I just saw. Not only did she get delivered, we broke the generational curse over, was able to lay hands on her son, speaking to her son's life, speaking to the daughter's life, and pray for their, their, uh, his, uh, the, the one, the daughter's, uh, son who's battling, uh, an issue in her, in their body too. Was able to do household ministry. Because fire was in that room. So you've had your time. Now it's our time. You better watch it. You better watch it. The remnant is rising. I mean, there's a church that's standing up finally. There's a church that's waking up. My God, I feel like I think I'm in one of them churches. I think I'm in one of them churches. I think I'm in one of them churches. I think I'm in a remnant church. Bigger than drugs, bigger than cigarettes, bigger than tobacco, bigger than prescription drugs, bigger than pornography, bigger than sexual temptation, bigger than lust, bigger than racism.
bigger than division. I think I'm in one of them churches. It's my amen corner with me today. What mighty woman of God, I can't get around you without feeling the Holy Ghost on you. Jesus, what you've been praying for, what you've laid on your face for, you're going to see it. That, that church that you've been believing God. get ready I'm about to dismiss y'all we'll dismiss with the announcement just say hey you okay if I gotta stand y'all to be okay you good listen to me a few weeks ago a few months ago I sit right here weeping under the power of God and I said to this church sobbing uncontrollably because I could see in the spirit realm what was coming. I said, I need you to let me go. I need you to, let, I need you to bless me to do what God's put on me to do. And you did. Did you mean it? Yeah. Yeah. I've missed more church in the last month, two months, and I've missed it my whole life. I felt, I felt like I need to get saved again this morning. Because <laughs> it bothers me to miss solid rock. I love this house. If this is all you've ever known, you don't even know how good you got it. Am I right? Thank you. I don't know who said that, but thank you. Thank you. Missed you too. Now watch this. So I say that to say this. I'm going to miss for the next two Sundays again. And as far as I know on my calendar, that's, that's the last time I'm going to miss two Sundays for a very long time. And I was only scheduled to miss one. Because two weeks from today, I'm preaching at two of the churches that we're connected with. One in Piedmont and one in Anniston. Which, by the way, the one on the Anniston, I'd love to see all y'all come up to Anniston, Fire City Church. July 10th, I'll be preaching up there. But I'm not going to be here next Sunday for a very specific reason. I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio at, at Dominion Camp Meeting. With Pastor Rod Parsley. My bishop, Clint Brown, is going to be there. Pastor Miles Rutherford, many people that we're connected to are going to be there. And on Friday, and I want you to be praying for me, on Friday at 5 o'clock, a small group of pastors from all over the country, probably 50 to 60 of us, maybe more, not many more than that, are going to be in a private service with Dr. Parsley of which he has called us and asked us to be bishops in City Harvest Network to cover our states. Many of you know Pastor Paul Goodwin. He's the church I'll be preaching at in two weeks up in Aniston. He's asked Pastor Paul and I to be bishops over and cover the state of Alabama. And anyone that comes up underneath him, we would be praying for and we would be pouring into so I don't know all the things, and I've told myself I'm not going to overextend myself because I'm committed to my church, my family, my church, and the Ambassadors Network. I let them know that very clear up front. I'm a part of City Harvest Network, but nothing takes precedent over what God has put in my heart for Ambassadors Network. I'm the director of that. 
they assured me that nothing would conflict there. But this is the moment. You remember, it wasn't long ago, we preached that series called Influence. And we had no idea what God was preparing us for. But those that have traveled with me and those that have gone places know this to be a fact. Everywhere we go, including Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul told me, I saw him out at Miles Church. He goes, man, for over a year and a half, I've been watching you and gleaning from your church and praying for revival to break out of our church. People from all over, I meet them for the first time in other states. They watch this little church in Birmingham metro area. You don't even realize the impact that you're making. And then Friday night in the main service, the kickoff of, of Dominion Camp Meeting, he's then going to bring all the bishops that he had laid hands on earlier in that day upon the platform in the midst of the greatest gathering. Dominion Camp Meeting has been the greatest gathering, I think, in America. This will be the 35th year of it. And can you imagine, just like I've missed two weeks and you got this, they haven't had Dominion Camp Meeting in two years because of the pandemic. The last one was 2019. Every single year they had one until 2020. So Dr. Rod Parsley is going to be leading Dominion Camp Meeting for the first time in almost three years. You can't imagine what's going to fall on that opening night. Well, he's going to lay hands on me and a bunch of others in the midst of that anointing. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he ain't nothing but a man. Just like you and I are just men and women. But there's a mantle on that man. That I have followed and been poured into since 1991. And for this phase in my life, for him to take his actual hand and lay it upon me as a bishop, connected to him of what, listen to the lineage. You ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth laid his hands on Dr. Lester Sumrall and transferred his anointing. Dr. Lester Sumrall laid his hands on Rod Parsley. And transferred his anointing. Rod Parsley laid his hands on Clint Brown. Clint Brown laid his hands on me and Sandy. And then Friday night, Rod Parsley is going to lay his hands on us. This, that means the mantle of this house. And I know they're just men. But so was Peter and so was Paul. This church will be in the direct lineage of Smith Wigglesworth. Somebody ought to praise the Lord right now. I'm talking about the miracles that we see on the mountains we're about to see in this place. We ain't going to have to get on a plane to go see the lame wall. We ain't going to have to get on a plane to see the, the, the blinded eyes open and the deaf ears unstopped. It's going to happen right here in this house. Because it's our time. Somebody shout, it's our time. Shout, it's our time. Shout, it's our time. Shout, it's our time. Well, in the name of Jesus, sit down.